Welcome to the Day Luna Human Design Podcast, where we discuss all things human design and how it can support you and your spiritual journey. This is not a one-size-fits-all podcast. We are here to inspire awareness about how we are all different and help you answer the questions of who am I? What am I here to do? How am I here to do it? You can thrive and live the life of your dreams just by having awareness of your true self. So dive deep with us, get inspired, and start living your life on purpose. Hello, and welcome back to the Day Luna Human Design Podcast with your host, Dana and Shana. We are super excited to be hopping on here today after a bit of a break. We really wanted to share some really nerdy, deep, human design-y kind of conversation today. So we wanted to share all about your human design environment. So this is something that we've been thinking about a lot lately since we're planning this retreat in Bali, and we're also going to be traveling this year, you know, being in those environments that really are right for you, the places that nourish your body and your entire being, and really understanding that on a deeper level has been something that's been coming up for me a lot lately. So we wanted to dive into talking about environment and kind of giving our tips and helping you understand what's really nourishing for you. And it's so funny because Shayna and my environment are almost complete opposites. Mine is (laughs) valleys and hers is mountains. So we'll talk more about what those two mean, but it's funny because if you have valleys, you're really supported by being in an environment that is on the ground level. That's like at lower elevation. And for Shayna, her environment being mountains, it's the exact opposite as it sounds. Like she is the most nurtured by being up high, like elevated, literally in higher elevation. Yeah. It's so um, interesting because I feel that we always are polar opposites, like holding down the fort from both ends. (laughs) So true. (laughs) And so when we travel together, it's always finding, especially if we're doing something where we're being really intentional and like every single aspect we're wanting to be supported so that way we can hold space and support others and all of that. So we're always really intentional with finding a space or a location that nurtures both of those at the same time. And we've been really lucky that it's always done. I don't even want to say lucky because our guides just got that on lock yeah. for us, but it always just works out. And that's been my phrase of the week. Everything (laughs) always works out for me. But yeah, environment is so important. And, you know, I've just spent this last month traveling in Egypt and um, a little bit of time in France. And it was just so amazing. And there's going to be a whole other podcast where we get into all the Egypt downloads and Dana's downloads Mm -hmm. as she was traveling in the snow once again, complete polar opposites where she's in the snowy (laughs) mountains and I'm in the the desert. But environment is just huge. And we all obviously are surrounded by whatever environment we're living in, like our home or our office or our yards or our town. Um, And really knowing how it's impacting you and how you can optimize where you're living right now based on your design. So true. And even just understanding human design and starting to really see ourselves as energetic beings, this shift is really prevalent, I think, in our consciousness shift that's happening right now. You know, we've really been taught 
that our bodies are like these machines or like, you know, organic mechanisms and that we exist only inside of our body and that our skin is like this barrier. And then it's us inside of our skin and the world around us. And we're not connected. We're not exchanging energy. We're not touching in any way. But once you understand that we're actually these energetic beings, that we have this aura that is moving outside of our body and constantly exchanging our energy with the energy around us. Once you start to see yourself in this way, you realize what a big part of your experience, your environment is. The people that come into your environment, the energy that comes into your environment, it's almost like you are drinking that energy in as if you were consuming it like water or food. So once you start to really become more aware of the way that you are this energetic being, it starts to become really prevalent. Like you become so much more attuned to your sensitivity to your environment. And, you know, it's so interesting, like the environment that supports you in so many ways, there's these deeper kind of reflections within you, things that you can really identify within yourself that are correlated and it all kind of clicks into gear. Like even with Shana having her environment be mountains, you know, people who have this mountains environment are people who literally like to be high, like heady, you know, up in their head, thinking about consciousness realms and thinking about um, kind of elevated perspectives and people who have valleys like I do, it's groundedness. It's being on the ground level. And I see this reflected in Shane and I so much. Like I'm always really grounded and in my body and like want to like literally lay on the earth outside (laughs) in the dirt. Shana's always wanting to kind of go up into that higher realm. And both are amazing. Both are beautiful. But it's amazing to see kind of that deeper correlation of not just the environment that impacts you and that is beneficial for you, the place that nourishes you, but also to see yourself in your environment. So I'm excited to dive in and to share with you just some of our tips and tricks and our favorite things that we want to share in this conversation so that you can start playing with nourishing yourself and aligning with your abundance, aligning with your correct relationships through spending more time in that environment. Yes. And before we dive in, I just want to give a shout out that our book, Your Human Design, is officially out and on shelves and you can buy it anywhere books are sold. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Booktopia, literally anywhere. And it's been so amazing and exciting to hear everyone's reviews and to see everyone's pictures sharing the book. Honestly, we do a happy dance every single time that we see one, every single review that we read. It's not like we don't read them. We literally celebrate every single one. So thank you for everyone who's bought in the book and supported in that way. And also just, we're so excited that people are reading our words and connecting with this wisdom in such a tangible way. This book really just channeled through us and came straight from the soul. And, you know, writing a book is a big fucking deal, right? (laughs) It's crazy that we did all of that work and now it's actually out and in the world and it's gorgeous and we're just so excited. So you can go find that anywhere. And I wanted to say on that same note, everyone who received their books, you know, ordered for pre-order and like waited all these months with us, we appreciate you so much. We really love, uh, feel the love and like feel the support from everyone who pre-ordered and waited with us. And then when we got to see your pictures of receiving your book in real life and opening it, and we got to see 
the book in your environment, like in your home, where you were with your kids, like in your aura. It was a big moment for me because I feel like everything we do in within Day Luna, we are contributing and guiding and sharing our, you know, insight and things like that. But then there's this other side of it of the way that we connect with our soul family through our offerings, like that connection that we feel, the fact that we get to share in our lives and our journeys and our awakening together through these offerings is such a profound blessing. And, you know, to see our books in your home with your family, in your morning routine, the level of connectedness that it made me feel like genuinely was like moving us to tears, you know, it's just so special. Yeah. Yeah. It really, it's like, I don't know. It's, it's beyond, it's beyond my wildest dreams of, of getting to see that and really, yeah, everything that you said. So Mm -hmm. to give thanks, we are doing a giveaway for a free reading and all you have to do to enter is go pop over to Amazon or wherever you purchased your book and leave us a review that honestly helps us out so much and also just juices our heart up with so much love and excitement and joy. So if you feel called to go leave us a review, please do and send it our way to hello at daylunalife.com, just like a screenshot of your review, and you will be automatically entered to win a free reading with us. And we are drawing the names on February 3rd. So um, you'll definitely want to enter like February 2nd at the latest. Um, But we are so excited. And yeah, we love you. We love the book. We love this life. We love it all. And we're just so, so excited. So without any further ado, let's get into environments what they mean, how we can work with it and why it's so important. Yeah. So first of all, I encourage you to look up your environment as you're listening to this conversation. If you don't know it already on sites like Jovian Archive or My Body Graph, it's not going to tell you your environment when you generate your chart, but you can go to our website, daylunalife.com and generate your chart there. And for free, we share with you your environment and all of the kind of other deeper layers of your chart. So we encourage you to do that so that you can follow along. And you know, when we're talking about the environment, what does that really mean in as far as our lives and our design? So the environment that is kind of right for you in your chart here, this is the energetic place where you're going to align with where you're meant to be. You're going to align with the resources and abundance that are meant for you, that are right for you, that are naturally wanting to find you when you are in your correct environment. This is also the place where you're going to kind of align with the correct relationships, whether that's a romantic relationship or partners to collaborate with in work, et cetera. You're going to align with everything that's meant for you, that nourishes you for who you are as a unique individual when you spend time in this environment. So this can be a place where you live. This can be a place where you work. This can be a place where you travel to and spend time with. But it's important to know that it's not absolutely necessary that you're living in your aligned environment until you're after your Saturn returns in your 30s and and moving forward. So if you're in your 20s before your Saturn return and you're not really spending too much time in this environment right now, that's okay. Allow yourself to just continue following your strategy and authority. And so often that will align you to moving into your correct environment by the time that you're 30. For Shane and I, when we really started using 
our strategy and authority. It happened right kind of like before our Saturn return. Um, and we're seeing that trend a lot. You know, all of these like time frames that, you know, you're not going to start stepping into your North Node until you're in your 40s. We're seeing those time frames kind of get looser and looser, and people are becoming more evolved and more awakened at younger and younger ages. So even if you're under 30, I think it can be beneficial to understand the energetics of this kind of environment are really going to support me. How can I go on vacation there? Or how can I start to harness that in the environment that I'm working in or creating right now? And the other big thing about understanding these environments is that while half of them are kind of like hardscapes, physical places, places in you know our society, um, and the other half are more of like landscapes and nature, it's still always about the energetics. So while there are physical aspects to an environment that supports you, it's not only about the physicality. It's so much more about the energetics, right? The energetics of that environment that really nourish your physical body, your physical being. And the reason that I really felt called to talk about environment today is because at my house here, I live in the high desert and I have all of these trees in my front yard and the trees that are native to the high desert are just thriving and they actually don't need any excess water. Now, the trees in my front yard that are not native, that come from some other place and someone planted them, they are struggling in this environment. They take, you know, 10 times more water and more care. And I was really just thinking about how people are the same way, right? We are just like these trees. We have a natural environment that when we are there, we thrive without excess resources. So think about these native trees that are here. They are perfectly designed to align naturally with the water and the resources, everything they need to thrive. And it's just easier, right? These other trees can be here. Someone planted them. They can exist here, but they're going to take so much more effort to nourish themselves and to receive that resources. So if you think of yourself that way, you know, trusting that as a unique individual with a unique purpose, with unique set of gifts, you also are kind of designed to have this unique path that leads you to spend time in these environments and these places where you naturally align with abundance that's meant for you. And I think in this, you know, next few years, so many of us are really wanting to shift out of a job that is not offering us the abundance or freedom that we need. We're really wanting to shift out of having to work hard, I put in quotes, for our money. And we're wanting to really come into the natural abundance that's right for us, that's right for our mission and who we are as individuals. And I think that this environment piece can one of, can be one of the uh, kind of keys that unlocks that abundance and prosperity for us. Mm. Yes. Wow. I love that so much. And it's so true. And that's such a good just reflection and observation of ourselves in nature and in our environments and how we are reflected in that and supported in them. And with your environment, you know, using your strategy and authority is always going to guide you to be in your ideal environment. That's correct for your energetic being. So human design, when we get into these deeper layers, it kind of has an order that you kind of flow through with it. The first thing is always understanding your strategy and authority, what that really means for you. And 
If you're not sure how to, our book actually really highlights exactly how to use your strategy and your authority. We also have type videos and podcasts and a lot of resources to help you fully understand how you can live your design and use your strategy and authority every day. And that's always going to be the first step. And then once you've been really experimenting with your design, you start to decondition and these layers of who you thought you had to be and how you thought you had to show up or make decisions start to fall away. And through that process, you're making these decisions that guide you to be in the right place at the right time. And the next kind of layer after that is starting to see and experiment how your diet feels and eating the foods that support your physical vessel. And if your strategy and authority are saying, no, this is not supportive for me, that is your truth right now. You have more deconditioning to do and follow that. And eventually it'll come around and you'll, you might find that your diet feels really supportive for you. And then it would be your environment. And this, like Dana said, is where you are designed to be and have those ideal relationships, abundance, uh, synchronicities, be the most supported. And once again, if you are not using your strategy and authority, your environment might feel like, wow, I've never done that. Or it might feel like, oh, wow, I've actually always done that. And it feels really good. I'm going to lean into this even more. So I just wanted to say that because... With these deeper layers in human design, when you first hear them, it can be like, "Mm, no, that doesn't feel right. It's like, okay, great. That's your truth right now. Focus on your strategy and authority. So that's always kind of home base to help you navigate life to then eventually being in your ideal environment. Yeah, I love that. That's so important. And in general, anything that we learn in human design, it's really tempting to then go into our mind and say, okay, I should want that, or I should be there. So I'm going to make changes tomorrow because my mind feels this pressure to, you know, ace my human design test. People say that all the time in our readings. I think it's so funny. They're like, I don't want to get an F on my human design test. And it's like, this is not a test, right? You don't have to align with any of these things today. It's about you being the authority. It's about you feeling that ability to really navigate into these things over time in a natural progression. So I think that's so important. And, you know, I just wanted to say some of the big questions that we get as far as, um, environment and people aligning with that. Um, People ask, do I have to move? You know, does my home have to be in this environment? And also people ask if my partner has a different design than I do, what do we do? Like, are we supposed to live separately? And so... No, you don't have to at all. (laughs) Really, it's about understanding what your environment is, understanding what theirs are, and finding ways where you can both be supported in that environment. Also, if you are not living in your current environment, going to go spend time there, whether that's going to visit there like your favorite lookout if you had mountains like I do, or going to visit the beach if you have shores, natural shores. Making time to go to that environment can be really supportive. And as you are using your strategy and authority and increasing your magnetism, you will attract uh, more of that environment into your life. Also, there's always a way to merge more than one environment together. And it's not so black and white of like, if you were mountains, then you can't have any type of valley environment. We have found so many environments that 
let you walk out your front door into nature and still have a view that you're getting to look out over things below. So there's always a way. Yeah. So before we uh, jump into the six different environments, first, we just want to talk briefly about the variable arrow that represents your environment. So if you're looking at those four arrows on the outside of your body graph, kind of near your head, the bottom left arrow is the arrow that really represents the energy flow around your environment. And so if you have this bottom left arrow facing to the left, you're really designed to be more active, more structured, more scheduled, more planned as you move through your environment with your physical body. So if you have this left-facing arrow, you know, the more traditional languaging says that you're designed to really be observed in your environment. Now, what does this mean? It means that you really thrive in an environment where you're active right? Where you have that busy, scheduled, structured flow. So if you have this, giving yourself major permission to put things on your schedule and allow yourself to really plan ahead and and be more active. And if you're feeling like you are passive in your environment and you're not really like taking action and being busy and, you know, having things on your schedule to do, you might sort of feel kind of this lethargic feeling, like your body's not really being nourished. So we really encourage you to play with that. And if you have the same environment arrow right facing, you're really designed to be relaxed in your environment, passive, flowing, unstructured, free, open, right? So as you move through your environment, you're really designed to have this more relaxed um, kind of flow. So we really like to say, Keep your schedule open, allow your timeframes to be different. Don't worry about too much structure as you move through your environment, but really just kind of letting that flow be there. And this really aligns you to be more relaxed in that environment where you can be kind of the observer. You can sit back, you can relax, you can watch what's going on with other people. And that's going to be the thing that really aligns you with supporting your, your physical body in that space. So I think that these you know, arrows and kind of giving ourselves permission to either be more active and more structured as we move through our environment or more relaxed and more flowing and unstructured in our environment. That is huge because I think in general, so much of our conditioning revolves around this area. You know, are things on your schedule? Are you being busy or are you relaxing and chill and not being active? And we can really tend to kind of judge ourselves and have this idea that one is better than the other. So just kind of giving yourself permission there is the first thing that we want to recommend. And then as we move into the six environments, so there's really the six environments and then they each kind of have two options. Today, we're only going to talk about the six, but we do want to say that there's deeper levels that you can go kind of understanding your environment. The best way to do that as far as the offerings that we have is through our personalized PHS booklet that will dive into um, all of your four variable arrows and also your diet, your environment, your perspective and motivation. So if this piques your curiosity and you want to go deeper, we definitely recommend checking that out. But for now, just knowing which one of the six environments you have, we want to share some tips some things that you can really start utilizing in your day-to-day life to really put you in those environments, align you with that abundance that is meant for you um, and that is necessary and needed for you to live out your purpose. So the first environment is caves. And this is kind of like the most primal environment as it sounds, right? This is kind of a splenic energy all about 
survival and safety and being in a safe cave. So literally think about cavemen living in a cave. There's only one entrance. They can see that entrance and exit. And it's not necessarily that they're in there alone, right? You could be in there with your entire family or your entire, you know, tribe of people, but having this energy of being safe, being protected and being able to see and control who comes in and who comes out. People who have caves, that control over your environment is is extremely important. And for so many people that have this, that we've met, they kind of raise their eyebrow at that because it's not something that you hear people talk about a lot. But once they start to just kind of open themselves up to this and follow their strategy and authority, I've seen so many people who have caves really start to embrace it and, and really identify with it later on. So Jared has caves. My mom has caves. Brian has caves. We have a lot of people in our lives that have this energy. And when you first tell them like safety and security are really big for you, it's important for you to have control over your space and, you know, to be able to um, allow in who comes in and who comes out. At first they're like, really? And then later you can really see them thrive with that and feel that kind of inner security with this being the first um, environment. It's also kind of mirroring that one line in the profile of a foundation of safety, right? Being able to really retreat and reflect and protect yourself. And there's no shame in that, even though I think we have conditioning around those words of like safety and protection and things like that. I think it can just bring up mental concepts for people, but people who have caves, this is where they thrive and all of their relationships kind of align. They really come into that place where they can receive that abundance when they have this control and safety. Yeah. So people with caves, it's ideal for their home or their office to feel like theirs. That's really important. Like this, my energy dwells here. Having your own office, if you were to work in a standard nine to five would be really important where it's not just people walking all around you or where you're always out and about and in the world, but having a space where it's like, this is my desk. This is where my where I work. This is where I come to. And when people need something, they can knock on my door. And same thing with your home, where when people want to come over, you are inviting them in and you get really into all the safety and security. Brian loves that. And he's always loved that. And then once he found out he had caves, he's like, okay, great. I'm going to lean in even more. So it's really, really interesting. And I wanted to say too that um, there's, you know, this traditional human design languaging really tells you that if you have caves, you're not an outdoor person. You're really like an indoor person. And so Jared has caves as well. And that was a hard pill for him to swallow. Like it made him (laughs) instantly be like, no, I don't align with this because he's such an outdoorsy person. But it's really interesting. He has a six in his profile. And when he turned 30, he really started to have this shift happen where even though he works outdoors, he's always outdoors, like camping and going on adventures. He really started to feel how much more grounded and prosperous he feels having a home that's his, that's not shared, that he has control over. And also another big thing is like your car can be a cave. So people who have caves like really love their car and they like it to be their way and they like the doors to be locked and they like everything to be safe in there, like no things exposed. And that's something that you can play with if you have caves too. Like even if you have a lot of roommates, 
and you don't have complete control, like having your little area where you do, um, really leaning into your car being your cave. I think those are great places to really just give yourself that nourishment that you that you need. Okay, so moving into the next environment, this is markets. And markets is also kind of this more primal splenic energy. It's really all about you being nourished by being in environments where there is energy exchange, money exchange, you know, thinking of literally going to a market and people selling goods and that kind of hustle and bustle and trade, right? The trading of resources, the exchange, that energy is so beneficial for you. And when you're in a space that has that, you really are kind of aligning with the abundance that's meant for you. Now there's markets internal and there's markets external and knowing which one you have is super important because honestly, they're completely different. So we encourage you to go in deeper if you have markets, but this idea of commerce, the idea of energy exchange, the idea of trading your goods or your resources for someone else's and that exchange there, the more that you can put a focus on that in your life and Knowing that if you have this as your environment, your way of trading or exchanging or earning money is super important to you. It's an integral part of kind of like your day-to-day life of what nourishes you. Yeah. And my mother-in-law, Roxy, has markets external. She's always out and about farmers markets, all of her kids' homes. She's always going and exchanging energy outside of her home. And her home is like a home base that she comes back to, but she spends the majority uh, majority of her energy exchanging energy outside of her home. And when she comes back to her home, that's not where she exchanges energy. That's where she relaxes, binges some shows, and she hardly even ever eats at home. <laughs> um, and then our, her daughter, my sister-in-law, Haley, she has markets internal and she works from home. She works remotely. She exchanges energy in her house and she only goes out to relax or to do something that's super nourishing versus exchanging energy out there. So it's just all about looking at the energetics of this market's environment and how it can support you. And then the next one is kitchens. Yeah. So people who have kitchens are really supported by being in an environment that has an element of transformation, a melding pot where things are coming together and people are being creative and things are being transformed. So a kitchen, think about an actual kitchen. People are coming together, they're cooking, they're transforming food, they're creating, and there's different elements that are coming from different places all being put together in this melting pot. So if you have kitchens as your environment, it doesn't mean that you have to be a chef or that you have to be in the kitchen. Although since an actual kitchen really aligns with this kind of energy, that can be really beneficial for you. But also think about places like New York City, where there's all of these different you know, elements coming together, this melting pot sort of energy. Think about an art studio, you know, different people coming together with different elements and creating and transforming. Even think about a yoga studio. So people that have this kitchens as their environment, spending time in that place where there are other people, there is transformation happening. There are different elements coming together. That's so important for you. And we've met a lot of artists, for example, or even yoga teachers that have this kitchens and, you know, they've been trying to work at home in their home studio alone. And they've just been kind of feeling like that abundance or prosperity is not there and something kind of feels off. 
And it's like, yeah, why don't you try being out in a shared space, right? People who have kitchens like love working in like a shared we work kind of space. And that's where they can really align with that abundance. Now, there are kind of two different options here of wet and dry kitchens. So if you have this, I definitely recommend checking into that deeper. But these first three environments that we've talked about, these are really like hardscape environments and you know, designed to be more in this sort of city, urban, connected to other people, close connection, and really kind of all about the society or the, the people around them or the proximity of people around them. And the next three environments that we're going to talk about, these are more of landscapes. So really more about the land and space and maybe even living out in the country or, you know, less about the people and the society and more about the actual landscape. So the next one's mountains and that's mine. And this is all about living somewhere where you get to have an elevated perspective and get to look out on the chaos below, but you feel removed from it. So there's mountains passive, which is what I have, which is literally being really removed on a mountain where you get to look out at the city or the valley or whatever below. Um, and then there's mountains active, which is like being in a on the second story or in the penthouse, but being in a city where you can easily come down and engage with the activities below. And mountains environment, it really is like Dana said, like that physical landscape. And I noticed that with my mountains passive that I will sometimes just get a channeled hit pop in when I'm driving up a hill and I'm on my way somewhere. I'm not even thinking about like trying to anything. And I will be at the top of that hill and have an idea that we'll use in Day Luna or that we'll talk about on the podcast. And then I'll drive down that hill and it's like, okay, that's what I was meant to just connect with really fast. In college, I would always go and drive up at this lookout in LA and I would just sit there in my car and just look out at the city. And I obviously had no idea then that that was me trying to have more clarity, have more synchronicities and abundance and feel supported by the environment that I was in. So whether you have mountains active or mountains passive, there's so much that we can get into with both of those. Um, Really with all of these, we're just scratching the surface because there's so many more uh, deeper layers with all of this, but really thinking about, okay, how where do I go where I can feel removed from the chaos and have an elevated perspective, a higher consciousness, even just driving up a hill and sitting out on the weekend and seeing how you feel. Yeah. And since this is like a landscape one, this is a big one. We get questions about, do I need to move and physically be on a mountain? And it's like, Follow your strategy and authority (laughs) and know that even if you're not right now, currently living on a mountain, you can always, like Shana said, go access that on the weekend or on your drive home or, you know, still cultivate that energy in your office space, things like that. So really checking in with the energy more than the physicality of it and trusting that eventually the right physicality that's meant for you will align with you when you're just navigating life with your strategy and authority. 
And the next type, um, environment type is valleys, which is what I have. And as we mentioned before, valleys is like almost the opposite of mountains in that you're designed to be on the ground floor. You're designed to be, think literally in the landscape of a valley. There's mountains around and you're down in the valley where information can travel, people can travel, travelers from out of town, you know, strangers, global energy, tourism can come in through the valley and easily access access that valley. So the valley energy is really connected to culture and music and kind of that um, people being able to connect with one another. There's also a big energy here around acoustics and hearing the sounds that really align with you, hearing the sounds that really, you know, make you feel alive and that feel right for you. And with this valley's energy being on the ground level, this is something that I notice all the time. Like I am so attracted to places or rooms that have, you know, a door that opens up to a garden and you can see the trees and you can see the grass and it's that grounded kind of feeling and you can easily open the door and walk out and access like the street around you and, and see the people off in the distance, see the culture and the activity off in the distance, hear that culture and activity off in the distance while you still have that removal. So I notice that when I'm staying in, for example, like a high rise, you know, hotel room, I feel so trapped. Like in order to get out into the world, I have to go down an elevator, like down several floors and out through the lobby. And that makes me feel just kind of a little bit off. Whereas if I'm in a place where I can just easily open that door and walk right out and see the people walking by and hear the sounds walking by and be connected to that culture, it just feels so much more nourishing for me. So it's really funny. Like if I'm thinking about the physicality of places that Shana and I stay together, we stayed in so many hotel rooms that are like built on a hill. And on one side of the room is a door that opens to a garden where you walk into where everyone is. And on the other side of the room is a window that drops off to a big ledge and cliff and like view. And like, we literally found places that have both of that energy. So that's just a really great example of how if, even if you're a family of five or there's six people in your family, you can still kind of like utilize these different aspects of the energetics in your environment for anywhere that you're traveling. And I do want to say, you know, a real simplified version of like mashing two together. Mountains, it's always important that there's a view. And valleys, it's always important that you can easily walk out your door and connect with nature and people. Um, so. Every place that we look when we stay together always has a view and always you can walk right out onto the grass or on in like into the plants, like literally. <laughs> and with this valleys, of course, there's the two different, you know, valleys narrow and valleys wide, and they're very different and they have really different nuances. But I wanted to say that with me, I have this valleys wide, this more passive, more nature, like really needing to be in places that are natural and beautiful and, you know, kind of out in the country, but still have this flow of tourism and culture and people coming through. And I wanted to share that, honestly, discovering this in my human design was one of the most liberating things for me in my journey, because I've been attracted to living in these places that are more rural, but still have beauty and culture and tourism. And 
that wasn't always what I was doing, right? When I went to college, you know, back in the day, I lived in the heart of Los Angeles with Shana and just started feeling really like, this is not right for me. Like I need more space. I need more nature. And my parents, you know, other people in my life were like, you can't just move out of the city. Like, how are you going to make money? How are you going to really thrive? And I felt that kind of natural calling even before I was 30, but definitely when I turned 30. And this was just the validation for me that that is the place where I align with my greatest prosperity and abundance. And I just really wanted to share that. You know, I think that this does have this like deep seated kind of embodied, almost like it's not even a mental thing, but your body feels like it can drink in nourishment when you're in this space. Your body feels like if you, especially if you have a passive environment, your body feels like it can exhale. And I think it's just a really beautiful place to give yourself that like deeper layer of permission. Yeah. Um, And I just want to add on to that. You know, if you have a passive environment, being in an environment that has just more space and mm-hmm. you don't feel like you're in the chaos or the too active of a place. And if you have it active, giving yourself permission to thrive in that city, to thrive in that busyness. I've seen, you know, Brian and I in our journey of looking for maybe another home or a second home or whatever, we have been trying to find a place that's closer to friends and family, but they all live in Orange County and that is busy. And we live in Ventura where it's, you know, you can find parking literally anywhere and you can, it's just so much more spacious. And even the homes that we found that are on a hill have a view, it just feels too active, feels too chaotic. So it's always coming back to like, oh, that's why, that's why that feels like that. And for other people who have an active environment, it's like, oh my gosh, like, I'm so grateful that I have all these things that I can connect to and go to this yoga studio and go to this restaurant and go to this meetup group. Like there's a million things that you can go do. And that feels really supportive for you. So Knowing this information is so helpful with planning a trip. It's so helpful because you'll have an amazing trip when you're in your right environment. For example, with Brian and I, him being caves and me being mountains and me being mountains passive. And he's also, oh, he is actually active caves, but he, or he has an active arrow with caves. Sorry, I want to say that accurately um, for all the superhuman design nerds listening. We always find a place to stay that has a view, but feels really like Brian can unpack. It feels like his home away from home. It feels like a nook and it feels really safe for him. Like he knows, he always goes on Google Maps and looks exactly how to get there, how far it is from certain things, what are all the different aspects of it. And once he's done that, then we both feel really supported in that environment. So I just wanted to give another example of mashing two together because I think that it's really important to do that, especially when you're traveling and planning trips. Yeah, I love that. So the last one is shores. And this is kind of like the most evolved of all of these environments. And this is about a place where two different worlds are coming together, right? And the energy here is being able to be in this space where you can look and see two different worlds or two different perspectives. So there's either natural or artificial here, depending on if you have a right or left arrow, 
but the energy is always going to be about this, these two worlds combining. So a great example, especially of a, a natural shore would be, of course, the ocean. You're walking on the land, you know, at the beach and you're looking at the ocean. And on one hand, you can see this world that exists in this one light. And on the other, you can see a completely different world. Now it can be, it doesn't have to be so literal. It's so much more about that energy. And anyone who has shores as their environment, we really encourage them, like allow, create this in your home, you know, allow your office to be, you're looking at this one area that is like this with all of this energy and a different area that's different. And that can be anything that you want. It could be an area where it's all your workout equipment and you look at that area and it's all about activity. And then you look to your left and it's your lounge, your Zen den, your place where you relax. It can be that you work at your window where you're looking in at your house and you're looking out at the field next to you, right? Just allowing this energy of two perspectives coming together at once. On one hand, being able to see this thing. On the other hand, being able to see that thing. That is going to be a place that really aligns you with that nourishment and abundance. Yeah. It's like living on the edge of a shoreline, right? Like the edge of there's a park and on this side, it's the city. On this side, you know, it's a school. And on that side, it's a field. Like really living where there's there's those two perspectives. I love my sister-in-law, Chrissy has this and hers is natural shores. And she lives in Santa Cruz where on one side, she sees the trees and the forest. And on the other side, she sees the ocean. And that's really nurturing for her energy. So environment is so important. And one of the like... Most important things is obviously looking at your environment based on your chart, like we've been talking about. But also, if you have an undefined G-Center, it's extra important for you to be in your ideal environment and also to just pay attention to environment in general. How does it feel? How does this coffee shop or your home or this color or this decor or your boyfriend's house um, or your parents' house, like how does it feel in your body? Does it feel on your path and in alignment and feel good? Or does it feel heavy and weighed down or toxic or just not your life? Really tuning in and then leaning in even more to those environments. Also, if you have a two-line in your profile, your environment's really important for you as well because you have this hermit energy of wanting to retreat into your space. So making your space be exactly what it you want it to be. If you have a four line, you're really supported with stability and having a home that feels grounded and safe and stable where you're not always changing environments all the time. And if you have a six line, then it's really important where you have a space to go and get some perspective and get some distance to be observant. So your environment is really important for you as well. So there's a bunch of different parts of your chart that you can look at for environment. But I think that it's a really interesting way to kind of go about it by looking at your environment based on your chart. And then if you have a two, four, or six line or undefined G, really prioritizing your environment and making sure that it feels really, really good to you. And when we were, when I was in Egypt, I had this, this, uh, download drop in and basically 
it was just telling me that all land is sacred. All environments are sacred. And, you know, we can go to these sacred sites and temples and travel the world visiting, you know, the most sacred and holy places, but all land is sacred and all environments are sacred. And the thing that makes a site more sacred than others is that thousands of people have come and said prayers or given offerings and that energy is left behind there. So that way, when you visit that place, it has this frequency or this energy that feels sacred and holy. And, you know, these temples that are thousands and thousands of years old, the earth right now at your home wherever you are, is billions of years old. So that sacredness that we associate mentally with spaces that are, you know, thousands of years old and that were were built for sacred offerings or connection or ritual, that's amazing. But also looking at the ways in which you can connect with the sacredness of the land that you are on right now and your environment that you're in right now, making it more sacred by burning incense or saying prayers or giving gratitude verbally, like out loud in your space, giving gratitude to your home, to the land that you're on, to all of the millions of people who have come before you in this exact same land, to all of the energies that were were needed to make this land, this earth form the more that you show up to your space in that can just look like you know every morning and every night saying a word to your space of gratitude or a prayer burning some palo santo or some incense um just sitting in reverence for a moment it doesn't have to take up your whole day will just help make your space and your environment even more sacred to you and to anyone that enters that space. So on this topic of environment, I just really wanted to leave off with the frequency that nothing is outside of our control and that we can always find a way to make something even better than it was before just by having reverence and presence and offering our words, our breath, our intention to that space and to that land. You don't need to go spend thousands of dollars to travel the world to do that. Although you can, and it's amazing and it's going to open up a lot of doors for you, but you also can open up just as many doors by practicing this reverence and uh, connection to your space Mm -hmm. right now on the billions year old earth that you are on right now. Yeah, that is so beautiful. I love that. And it's so true. Like everywhere you are on this planet, you're on planet earth and earth is a living being. Every environment we are in is alive, right? There is consciousness there and we are connected to it. And I love what you said about you're always empowered to give that environment, your love, your respect, your presence. And you're always like leaving every place more sacred and leaving every place better with more love, like from just really honoring the fact that you're able to give that and that you're empowered to give that. Yes. All land is sacred. All land is sacred. That's what Mm -hmm. I just kept hearing like audibly, which you'll hear when we talk about Egypt that I, for the first time ever, audibly heard things. Mm -hmm. And that's never been my experience with my intuition. And 
So to audibly hear certain things, one of them was all land is sacred. All land is a temple. Our bodies are temples. Our bodies are sacred. They come Mm -hmm. from this earth. Like everything is sacred. And really just noticing that and seeing it and giving reverence. One thing that I've always done since I can remember, honestly, is say thank you when I'm in an environment. Like Mm -hmm. literally when I'm traveling or when I'm visiting a new place or when I just see something beautiful, like I would always like, if I'm looking at the sunset or if I'm looking at whatever, literally anything beautiful, I would always just like whisper under my breath, like, thank you. And I didn't realize that I was giving that as an offering to that space and making it a little bit more sacred with like a little breadcrumb piece Mm -hmm. offering for me. And that's all it takes. So... I just want to empower you all to, I don't know, just give that to whatever environment that you're in. And hopefully this episode just kind of piques your curiosity of how you can lean into your design even more. And environment is such a fun and expansive and supportive place to play and share in with your family, with your partner, with your friends. So we're just so excited. So if you love this episode, please let us know what your environment is. If you're in besties, we would love to hear and connect about what your environment is. If you're not in besties, you can learn more about how to join that on our website, dailinalife.com. This is a community to dive deep with human design and connect and share. We have monthly ceremonies and live Q&As and a bunch of other really awesome offerings. And what else? I mean, we have so much going on. Oh my gosh, we're going to Bali. And- <laughs> we're going to Bali. We've been booking our stay and we've been doing all of the environmental things. And honestly, yeah. the like talking about all land being sacred, talking about all land, having consciousness, like Bali has requested us to come be there is how I feel. And like, yeah, the land there is such a huge part of this retreat and this deconditioning human design retreat that we're doing. It's going to be so beautiful. We're going to be meeting and um, going deep into shedding and deconditioning and finding that level of healing and stepping into our truth as a leader of the new paradigm. So we're excited to be meeting with this like really intimate group, giving people support and talking about their human design and their cross of incarnation and their beautiful gifts and really witnessing and amplifying each other in that space. Yeah. I feel like every retreat we've ever been on, which is a lot, we have been like, that was deep, but like not quite deep enough. And so (laughs) this retreat is going to be deep. If you're listening and you're coming, get ready because um, we're about to crack open and rise from the ashes. So straight up Phoenix energy is coming through Mm -hmm. in this retreat. And it's going to be so powerful. I cannot wait. I'm so excited. And it's going to be beautiful because it's in Bali and it's at a five-star resort. So there's only two spots left and we are closing tickets officially on February 6th because it's so highly personalized. This, This retreat, we send out a really detailed form because every single aspect is personalized based on your conditioning and what you are needing to be supported to amplify your purpose and your vision and your mission in this life. So February 6th, there's only two spots left. We 
can't wait to see who those two people are, but all the people that are coming, we cannot wait to see you in person. And thank you all once again for buying the book. If you want to learn more about anything, you can on daylunalife.com. And our Instagram is at dayluna. And we love you so much. Have a beautiful, beautiful rest of your day.